Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Good Monday morning. A massive storm making a mess of the morning up and down the East Coast. Yeah, and it's far from over. Good morning. It's December 18th. This is today. Wicked weather. Tens of millions from the Carolinas to Maine waking up to heavy rain and high winds. Roads turned into rivers. Drivers trapped. A damaging tornado touching down near Myrtle Beach. And behind it all, snow. We'll have Al's full forecast and the impact on holiday travel with Christmas just one week away. Breaking overnight, chaotic scene. President Biden rushed to safety after a car crashes into his motorcade. Straight ahead, what the Secret Service is saying about that accident. Growing outrage, anger boils over after Israeli soldiers accidentally shoot and kill three hostages as they try to escape, carrying a white flag and speaking Hebrew. What we're learning now about that incident and what it could mean for the Netanyahu government and the war. So many questions. Matthew Perry's death now linked to a ketamine overdose, a powerful and controversial drug used to treat depression and addiction. Inside the search for answers in the wake of that new autopsy report. Those stories plus this is 60. Brad Pitt celebrating a milestone birthday today. So I was thinking that uh, you're going my way. Or... We'll shine a light on the ageless Oscar winner's career and what's next for one of Hollywood's biggest stars. Today, Monday, December 18th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuffey. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Ooh, it's a rainy one. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today on a soaked Monday morning. So nice to have you along with us. I think that scene is right outside our window, isn't it? It was wet, dangerous weather. Actually, all up and down the East Coast, we could hear the winds this morning. Yeah, check out right outside our window, by the way, the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. It's soaked. So are all the people who have come to watch this show. We just got one week to go till Christmas. All right, and here's the scene near Fairmont Park in Philadelphia. There it is, the storm creating major headaches for both commuters and travelers. They're trying to get an early start for the holidays. Yeah, major flooding has made a lot of roads impassable. There's hurricane-level winds in some areas, even snow. In all, more than 60 million people are feeling the impact of the storm. And that's just the beginning of what's going to be a very busy weather week. And a very busy weather person. Here is Al. He's got your forecast. Tom Costell also watching the airports for us. But let us get started with NBC's Emily Aketa. She's out in it. Jones Beach, New York's Long Island. Emily, good morning. Well, good morning. The wind has been howling all morning long with gusts expected to reach up to 60 miles an hour. It's a major threat with this storm system that has already knocked out power to tens of thousands in the Northeast. Here on Long Island, flooding is also a major concern, an issue that has wreaked havoc for millions down the East Coast over the weekend. This morning, torrential downpours bringing new flood threats to the East Coast, impacting 59 million people from Virginia to Maine. Heavy winds and rain rushing into the northeast overnight. Roads blocked as the busy morning commute begins. 
Over the weekend, the same system swept the south, hitting beach communities in Georgia and the Carolinas. High tides washing debris from the ocean onto the roads in Sullivan's Island, South Carolina. While in Charleston, three inches of rain broke the city's daily record on Sunday. This is not usually my backyard. It's not usually this flooded. Massive amounts of water also making driving dangerous, with vehicles getting stuck on flooded roads. Outside Myrtle Beach, a likely tornado causing extensive damage, tearing through homes and knocking down trees and power lines. One resident posting on social media, I have never heard winds like that. The fast-moving storm system started down in Florida, dumping up to seven inches of rain. Severe storm conditions even creating a possible power surge in St. Petersburg. With residents capturing this scary moment outside their home. Oh my God. Get inside. And so many on the East Coast saw stormy conditions at the start of last week, too. With so much rain we've seen, some people are wondering, could there be snow in the forecast a week out for, from Christmas? Well, for communities between Cleveland and Buffalo and some in the Appalachians, they could see up to a foot of snow, guys. All right, Emily Aketa, thank you very much. All right, let's say good morning to Mr. Roker. He's got more on the storm and where it's headed. Hey, Al. Hey, good morning, guys, and good morning to you. Here we go. So 59 million people from Maine all the way down to Washington, D.C., the Delmarva Peninsula under flood alerts. We've got wind alerts from New England all the way down into the Carolinas and back to the west, as Emily kind of alluded to, 19 million people under winter weather alerts from the UP of Michigan all the way down into the Appalachians. So here's what's happening. You can see now this rain is really starting to ramp up. The winds are picking up. In fact, look at some of these wind gusts right now. East Hampton, 35 mile per hour wind gusts. Boston, near 40. Nantucket, 45. Philadelphia, 10. But LaGuardia, 45. Tom Costello is going to be talking about these airport delays. They are going to be numerous also on the West Coast as well because they got a big storm coming in. But today, the wind gusts will continue near 60 in Portland, 52 New York City, Nantucket, 65 uh, Atlantic City by about 43 miles per hour. Rainfall, we're talking another four to six inches of rain, especially as you get up toward Boston on into New England and back to the west from Cleveland to Buffalo. We could be looking at up to a foot of snow also along the spine of the Appalachians as well. Up Cadillac, uh, we're, uh, we're going to be looking at some snow about two to four inches and Syracuse will see about two to four as well. Guys. All right, Al, thank you. As mentioned, we want to focus on the storm's impact on air travel across the country. Needless to say, this comes at a critical time in the countdown to Christmas. NBC's Tom Costello at Reagan National Airport for us. So how, how are things looking for today? Well, I'll tell you, the airports and the airlines are thanking their lucky stars that this is not a major snow event. Rain, they can handle, but we do have delays and cancellations. Let me give you the latest. According to FlightAware, they're telling us right now they've got about 500 delays nationwide. That's going to grow by the hour and about 370 flight cancellations. Uh, over the weekend, we had a pretty big weekend for delays, 10,000 or so delays over the weekend, and roughly 200 flights canceled over the weekend. Most affected airports today, no surprise. You heard it from Al already. LaGuardia, Boston, JFK, Reagan Airport, where I am. Toronto over the border also expected to feel it. And the FAA is suggesting we may see ground delays and stops in critical airports, including the New York, New Jersey airports, as well as Philadelphia, Boston, 
D.C. Reagan, where I am, uh, also San Francisco. This is a big week for travel. 2.8 million people flying every single day, up 16% over last year. So you can expect we're going to see a lot of people as the week moves, uh, progresses towards the weekend. A lot of people are going to be in the nation's airports. Savannah. Yeah, and before I let you go, speaking of last year, Southwest Airlines facing a new record fine over that travel chaos from the last holiday season. What more do you know? Yeah, that's right. The Transportation Department just announcing a mega fine. Southwest will pay $140 million because of that huge meltdown they had over Christmas last year. Two million passengers affected, 17,000 flights canceled. Uh, and now this fine is 30 times what the DOT has ever fined any other airline for any other kind of a delay event. Southwest CEO says this will never happen again. The airline, he says, is on its game for this Christmas. They've invested heavily in technology, de-icing, computers, staffing. But you can imagine the pressure is on Southwest right now to prove that this year is going to be better than last. Yeah, big time. All right, Tom Costello, thank you very much. We are following a security scare involving President Biden overnight, a car colliding with his motorcade in Delaware with the president just steps away. His reaction caught on camera as the Secret Service jumped into action. NBC senior White House correspondent Gabe Gutierrez has the very latest. Hey, Gabe, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning. It's not every day you see a collision just feet away from the president of the United States. And it happened as the president and the first lady were heading home for the night. Thankfully, both of them are safe and were not hurt. Overnight, President Biden leaving a dinner with staff at his campaign headquarters in Delaware. Mr. President, why are you losing to Trump in the polls? When all of a sudden, a car plowed into a vehicle that was part of his Secret Service detail. The president appeared startled by the collision before Secret Service agents hustled him into an armored SUV. Additional agents drew their guns on the driver who put his hands up. The president and the first lady were not hurt in what appears to be an accident. The unusual security scare coming as the 2024 campaign heats up less than a month before the Iowa caucuses. Over the weekend, Republican frontrunner Donald Trump in Nevada and New Hampshire, where he made controversial comments about undocumented immigrants. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. The Biden campaign accusing Trump of parroting Adolf Hitler, who used similar wording in his writings. But only one of Trump's Republican rivals have blasted him for the remark. He's disgusting. And what he's doing is dog whistling to Americans. Trump also called North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un very nice. And he quoted Russian President Vladimir Putin as he argued the four criminal indictments he's facing are political payback. Vladimir Putin of Russia says that Biden's, and this is a quote, politically motivated persecution of his political rival is very good for Russia because it shows the rottenness of the American political system. One new poll out of New Hampshire has former Ambassador Nikki Haley in a strong second in the state, following the endorsement of its governor, Chris Sununu. I'm going to fight to earn every single person's vote because we have a country to save. While Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, betting big on Iowa, is ramping up his attacks against the former president. Trump loses, he will say it's stolen no matter what. Absolutely. He, he, will, he will try to delegitimize the results. As for the collision near the president, it's not clear what, if any, charges or citations the driver might face. The Wilmington, Delaware Police Department is investigating whether he may have been impaired. 
Aura. All right, Gabe Gutierrez for us there in D.C. Gabe, thank you. Also this morning, pressure is mounting on Israel for a ceasefire in its war against Hamas. Those calls growing louder over the weekend after three hostages were accidentally shot and killed by Israeli forces. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engels in the region again for us. Richard, good morning. Uh, good morning, Savannah. NBC News can confirm that those ceasefire negotiations have resumed with the directors of the CIA, Israeli Mossad, meeting with Qatari officials. And anger in Israel is growing as new details emerge about the friendly fire deaths of those three Israeli hostages on Friday. The three Israeli hostages in Gaza made white flags to warn their own army not to shoot, smearing SOS in old food and writing in Hebrew, help three hostages. The Israeli military released the images overnight, saying the hostages were nonetheless mistakenly shot by Israeli troops. Israel's chief of staff told soldiers the friendly fire could have been avoided, saying the hostages took off their shirts so that no one would think they have an explosive device and held a white cloth on a pole to identify themselves. They came speaking Hebrew, calling for help, he said, telling the troops never to shoot anyone with their hands up. The families of hostages still in Gaza are outraged, calling daily for Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu to resume negotiations with Hamas and bring their loved ones home. I am angry that the government let this get let this situation get so far. I am angry at the world that is not supporting a deal right now because this is the only way to bring them back home. And I am angry at right now I'm angry at all. Opinion polls suggest Israelis remain united in their support for the war in Gaza to destroy Hamas, but not in Prime Minister Netanyahu's leadership. Under U.S. pressure, this weekend, Israel opened a second crossing into Gaza for humanitarian supplies, but it's still far too little. Twelve-year-old Rosan al-Habash, displaced from her home in northern Gaza, says she waits in line for hours to get food for her family. Every day I wake up at 8 and leave for the food bank. Sometimes we spend the day without eating anything, she says. Human Rights Watch this morning accused Israel of using starvation as a war crime. Yesterday, with international pressure growing, the Israeli military continued to make its case for the offensive, releasing video of what it calls the largest tunnel it's found underneath the Gaza Strip, and showing a man the military identified as the brother of a top Hamas leader driving through it. NBC News has not been able to verify the footage. This war is spreading beyond Israel and Gaza out to sea. Over the weekend and again this morning, Iranian-backed Houthi militias in Yemen fired on ships in the Red Sea. The U.S. and British military responding. There were no reports of casualties or significant damage. Savannah. All right, Richard Engel, thank you. 714, there's more tied to the war to tell you about. Craig joins the table. Hey, Craig. Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. In Washington, negotiations are intensifying to secure more funding for Israel and Ukraine. Republicans demanding major changes to U.S. border security before Green can move forward, though. Let's bring in NBC's senior Capitol Hill correspondent, Garrett Haig. Now, so Garrett, first of all, what, what's the feeling on Capitol Hill? How optimistic are folks about reaching a deal and what's the timetable on a deal? 
Hey, Craig, good morning. Look, they're working at it. These negotiators were in all weekend long to see if they could come up, even with a framework for the Senate to talk about when they come back this week. But so far, they're just not there. It's looking more and more likely that a major agreement, if it's reached, probably won't see any kind of vote until January. And and the stakes here are incredibly high. $110 billion in aid for Ukraine and for Israel, along with other national security priorities. And all of it is really tied up in meeting this Republican demand for strict new immigration and border policies. Republicans believe this is a national security disaster that needs addressing right here on our doorstep. So the Senate negotiators are saying all the right things about making daily progress. But even with senators coming back today, they're really out of time already to get this done in December, Craig. So January at the earliest, what what are some of the main sticking points in, in the talks, Garrett? Well, look, this is all about the immigration part of this, the border and the migrant crisis that we've all been covering for the last year. Republicans are insisting on major changes in border policies, things like making it harder to claim asylum in the U.S., easier to remove people from the country who are living here illegally, and placing stricter controls on people who can stay on what's called parole while they're waiting on immigration decisions. Now, the White House got involved in these negotiations late last week, and that helped. And the president's going to have a critical and politically tricky role to play in helping make this deal and sell it if it comes together this week or in January. Craig. All right. Our senior Capitol Hill correspondent, Garrett Hakeforce. Garrett, thank you. Hey, let's show you what's going on. Again, this storm is just the good news is, and Tom Costello alluded to this, 20 degrees colder. We're talking a major nor'easter, heavy rains, but it's starting to taper off down around the Carolinas. But look at this lake effect snow now starting to crank up. So we're going to be watching that rest of the country today. Above average temperatures back through the plains. We've got snowy conditions through the Great Lakes. This flood threat continues in New England. Sunshine down through Florida. Plenty of sunny skies, mild conditions down through Texas. A little chillier up through the northern plains, but for the most part, not too bad. Next big storm coming in into the West Coast. We're going to look at that coming up in the next half hour. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Uh, Still ahead, new questions surrounding Matthew Perry's death. After it was revealed, he had a drug called ketamine in his system. Kate Snow's following that story. Hey, Kate. Hey, guys, we've reported on ketamine before. Clinics offering it as treatment for mental health issues all over the U.S. now, but it also can be abused. We'll tell you what the medical examiner said about the death of the beloved friend star. All right, Kate, and then are you tracking packages right now, hoping they'll arrive on time, obsessively clicking refresh? (laughs) Well, Vicki Wynn got unprecedented access to that journey from the moment you make a purchase to the delivery on your doorstep. She'll share that and the key deadlines that you've got to meet this week. But first, on a Monday morning, one week till Christmas, this is Today on NBC. Yes. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
Welcome back. 7.30. It's a rainy Monday, but guess what? Our tree might be getting a little extra water, but can we just give extra gold stars because the rain wow. came and so did our people. Oh. They are here on the plaza. They got their ponchos wow. and their umbrellas, That's and they cool. are here, man. They were lined up. And it doesn't matter. It's amazing. Rain. And by the way, it's not like a little sprinkle. Oh, no. yeah. Okay. It's coming down. It's been a driving rain and wind all morning. And look Man. at these awesome folks out there. We're coming out there yes. to say hello. Yes, we are. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, meanwhile, we do have a busy half hour ahead, starting with some new details and new questions on the death of beloved friend star Matthew Perry. Yeah, the actor's autopsy report says he died from the acute effects of the drug ketamine. His death was ruled an accident. NBC's senior national correspondent Kate Snow joins us with more. Hi, Kate. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Savannah. Well, since the news broke on Friday, there have been a lot of questions about ketamine. It's an anesthetic and a hallucinogen. We've talked about it here on Today Before. It is sometimes used recreationally. It can be found illegally. But recently, it's also been studied for its potential to treat mental health disorders, including depression. And now it's being blamed for the death of Matthew Perry, who talked openly about his own struggle with substance use. This morning, new questions surrounding Matthew Perry's death as the world remembers the beloved star. I'm going to hug you. You hug me. All right. (laughs) In an autopsy report released Friday, the medical examiner determined the 54-year-old died from the acute effects of ketamine, ruling his death an accident. Ketamine is a fast-acting hallucinogen approved by the FDA as an anesthetic. It gained popularity as a party drug because it boosts feel-good chemicals in the brain and causes a euphoric effect. But recently, ketamine has increasingly been offered off-label at clinics to treat depression and other mental health disorders, and has even been studied to treat alcohol and drug abuse. Perry was known for his light-hearted on-screen persona. I'm not great at the advice. Can I interest you in a sarcastic comment? (laughs) But had a long history with addiction. It's so cunning, baffling, and powerful, alcoholism and addiction. It's a disease that we have. And we don't know that we have it. In his memoir released last year, the actor wrote about being given ketamine during rehab. Taking ketamine is like being hit in the head with a giant happy shovel. But the hangover was rough and outweighed the shovel. Ketamine was not for me, he wrote. It's unclear how Perry obtained the ketamine that led to his death. But according to officials, Perry was reported to be receiving ketamine infusion therapy for depression and anxiety, and his last treatment was a week and a half before his death. The examination found the amount of ketamine in his blood was equivalent to the amount used for general anesthesia, levels, the report says, too high to be residual from his last clinical treatment. Perry was found floating face down in his hot tub in October. One of the contributing factors, authorities also noted, a drug buprenorphine, approved by the FDA to treat opioid use disorder, which people often stay on for years. I just want to say that I I love you. Recently, Friends co-star and close friend Jennifer Aniston told Variety that Perry was getting healthy, adding he wasn't struggling, he was happy. A witness who talked to investigators said Perry had been sober for 19 months. The autopsy found no evidence of illicit drugs like cocaine, meth, heroin, or fentanyl in his system. For now, it's unclear, guys, if investigators will look into how Perry obtained ketamine. But this news certainly very difficult for his family and his millions of fans. Yeah. All right, Kate, thank you. We want to turn now to NBC's senior medical correspondent, Dr. John Torres. Dr. Torres, good morning. I have to tell you, I'm just scratching my head because I don't Mm -hmm. quite understand Mm -hmm. how ketamine might be used in this scenario. He had some a week and a half prior to his death in some clinical setting, and then yet somehow 
we find it in his system. I mean, what is the, a likely scenario here? And it can be very, very confusing. And we're talking about two different things. There's ketamine and there's S-ketamine. And those are two different FDA-approved medications. They're similar, but they're a little chemically different. Ketamine is the one that's been used since the 1960s. It was animal anesthetic. It's an dissociative anesthetic, which means that in the emergency room or the operating room, we can do painful procedures and you won't mind us doing that because you're dissociated from your body. But it has been used in off-label indications. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. S-ketamine is the one that was recently FDA approved for depression that was treatment resistant, especially if they have suicidal ideation associated with that. And that is the one that's in, the lo- in nasal spray and it's under medical supervision. So both of these are medically indicated. You know, why he was using it, I don't know if we'll ever know. Yeah. Is it easy to overdose? Can you take too much and it can be fatal? So differences here between overdose and having condition, having issues because of the overdose. It's rare to die from ketamine overdose. And it's rare to have long lasting conditions. It can have short acting issues. If you do overdose, it's easy to take too much more than you're supposed to. And if you do, you're going to have racing heartbeat. You're going to have your blood pressure going up. You're going to have this dissociation from your body that people describe as uncomfortable. He described it as a happy shovel where it right. just does not feel very good. If you take too much anesthetic type levels, you can get to the point where your respiration is depressed, mm-hmm. you're somnolent, you can't respond to issues. And unfortunately, if you go underwater, you might not be able to respond to that. Mm-hmm. The d- demand for ketamine apparently has become, it's quite popular. I read that since 2017, prescriptions are up 500%. What's behind it? What's what's behind the, the, the boom in ketamine? So I think a couple of things. One is the success we're seeing with certain things. Like we talked about that treatment-resistant depression, S-ketamine having, issue, you know, having success with that, and people looking at ketamine and saying, well, maybe that'll work as well. And the others, we're seeing some indications of it working for possibly for addiction, possibly for PTSD, these other conditions being used off-label for those conditions. Still no FDA approval for it, or still the studies are still pending, but I think it's becoming more and more popular. I guess the question is, I think what people are trying to figure out is was he using something legitimately to try to deal with his addiction mm-hmm. that is used for that purpose or is this an example of him possibly falling off the wagon mm-hmm. and and abusing a drug unfortunately and it led to his death and it certainly could be down the middle of doing both we know a week and a half before he died he had he was in a clinic getting medically supervised the, the ketamine infusions to help with his his depression but you know looking forward was he trying to do something with his addiction off-label use was he doing it on his own we don't no. And they said he didn't have drugs, any other drugs in his system other than that. And the buprenorphine. He was taking yeah. that for opioids. And that's one of the issues with ketamine. If you use it in conjunction with another medication like buprenorphine, uh-huh. which can also cause some issues if it's in high doses or associated with something else, then that can cause a problem as well. Okay. Yeah. Dr. Torres, thank, thank you, you very Torres. much. You Appreciate it. Still ahead. Uh, have you been struggling to get or even renew your passport? We've got some exclusive details this morning on some major changes on the way that should speed things up. But first, an eye-opener if you're waiting on those last-minute holiday gifts to arrive. Hey, good morning. Do you ever wonder how a package makes it to your doorstep? We're actually here on the tarmac in Louisville, Kentucky, at the UPS Worldport, where they're unloading all kinds of packages and presents right now, including in these fire-resistant containers. We're going to take you inside to show you how a package makes it from click to curb. That's all I had this morning on Today. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. 
Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. We are back 741 today's holiday consumer Christmas now just a week away and it's crunch time for both shoppers and the delivery companies. So if you've ever wondered what happens from that moment that you click buy to your package actually arriving, you're in for a treat this and morning. NBC's Vicki Wynn got a behind-the-scenes look. Hey, Vic. Hi, good morning. It was very fun, very cool to be there with those huge UPS trains, uh, planes, I should say. UPS is the world's largest package delivery company, and right now they are processing more than 30 million parcels every day. But what does that look like, and what actually happens to your package? We got unprecedented access from a Macy's store to the UPS World Port all the way to my front door. Hold on, because it's a wild ride what? from click to curb. What does it take for a package to get from here to here? Macy's and UPS are giving us never-before-seen access during this busy holiday season. Major carriers are delivering an estimated 82 million packages daily right now. We start at 30 Rock. So I'm on Macy's website looking for a sweater. Plenty of options. I choose two-day express delivery. Placing my order pretty easy. 750 miles away in Chicago at this downtown Macy's, my sweaters are pulled, packed, and sorted at the store's fulfillment center. Then the shipping countdown begins. The UPS truck pulls into the loading dock, and the driver picks up the pallet containing my order. Then my sweaters embark on a 300-mile overnight drive from Chicago to the UPS Worldport hub in Louisville, Kentucky where my package arrives by 10 the next morning. At 5.2 million square feet, UPS says this is the largest automated fulfillment center in the world. And that's my actual package coming straight off the truck and continuing on its journey. It enters the massive sorting system and rides some of Worldport's 155 miles of conveyor belts. The barcode just got scanned by sweaters. It's crazy how all this comes together for one, one package to get delivered to people's doors. Todd Hoyer is a UPS supervisor. How intense is it this time of year for you? It, it, it's really intense. It, it's early mornings, it's late nights. Bill Moore is the president of UPS Airlines. We process nearly 2,000 packages every 17 seconds through this facility. And that's because they operate 24-7, not even stopping for this interview. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, we got to start over. How are supply chains this, this year? They're getting better, but still causing some pockets of constraint, particularly in some of our aircraft parts. He says UPS has its own weather forecasters watching for conditions that could affect its airplanes. What throws a wrench in it this time of year? Weather. We're definitely praying for good weather. Next, my order goes down this chute where it's loaded into this special cargo container and onto this massive MD-11 jet. The container is designed to limit the spread of a fire and protect the aircraft. A new risk given the rise in products powered by lithium-ion batteries. But this is a workhorse for UPS. It absolutely is. It goes all around the world. 
First Officer Lindsay Bigwood has piloted UPS planes for five years. We notice the containers are oddly shaped to fit sort of every nook and cranny of the plane. You'll see like the more curved ones, they go up on the main cargo deck. You got the flatter ones, they go under the belly of the aircraft. Finally, the jet takes off from Kentucky with my order and thousands of others on board. It flies 650 miles to New York City, where at 6 the next morning, crews unload the cargo at this fulfillment center at JFK Airport into a truck that takes my sweaters to Yonkers, north of New York City, for one more sort before crews finally load them onto this familiar brown truck and deliver them right to my door. Hey, good morning. Good UPS. Morning. Thank you so much. I've been expecting this. My pleasure. Have a Merry Christmas. You too. Happy, happy holidays. Thanks. All in just 44 hours. The Eagle has landed. It is pretty remarkable. And here it is, the sweater I ordered. Oh. Now, because this is such an automated and fast-moving system, there were literally hundreds of people working behind the scenes. We thank them. They made sure our cameras were in the right places at the right time to see all of these steps in real time. It was a logistical uh, dream come true. Mm-hmm. I was going to say nightmare, but no, it no. wasn't. Dream come true. It all came together sort of like our outfits this morning. This Vic, I mean, what happened? It looks like your outfit and Hoda's outfit had a baby, and that became my <laughs> outfit. <laughs> literally it's true. Look out. at this. This was unplanned. Unplanned. <laughs> Vic comes this, in. This I just arrived. Yeah, so I know. I exactly. dressed you from here up. Hoda dressed you from here down. It's I'm mind into it. meld. This is I totally love it normal. so much. How about it? All right, okay. All right. Mr. Roker, what you got? Hey, guys. Uh, you know what? The good news is for right now, things have kind of calmed down a little bit. But all these lovely people who came down here and have stood in this rain, we are just awfully impressed. And uh, a young lady here, it's her 15th birthday or Didn't make it a waterproof sign, but it's still beautiful nonetheless, just as she is. All right, let's show you what we've got going on right now. Out west, they've got heavy showers and thunderstorms. As Tom Costello talked a little earlier, the airport delays in San Francisco, rainfall amounts, we're talking between San Francisco and Eureka, upwards of five inches of more with some snow in the higher elevations. Temperature-wise, we're going to have a temperature whiplash. Uh, Right now, it's going to we're going to have a high of 61 degrees in New York City, 17 degrees above average, Boston 62, Buffalo well above average, but then that front moves through and boom, temperatures drop tomorrow, below average in Philly, Cincinnati, Nashville, all the way down to Tallahassee. Temperatures do start to warm up or get a little more seasonal as you get on into the weekend, but take a look at next week as we get on into Christmas week. We're going to, well, we'll do that coming up in a little bit, but in the meantime, we're looking at some really warm temperatures before it is all over, so most likely the risk of a, or the, the chance of a white Christmas is really slim throughout much of the country. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Still ahead, big milestone birthday mm-hmm. for Brad Pitt. He's turning 60 today, how he's celebrating as we highlight his journey in Hollywood and what's next for him. Well, coming up on Pop Start, what's your favorite song of the season? We are going to reveal today's holiday hits bracket uh, to crown the ultimate festive tune. Okay, it's not that barking dogs thing we are playing earlier. <laughs> and Mandy Moore will be here to tell us about her thrilling new series for holiday plans with a family the living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them the new life resistant high performance furniture collection from ashley is designed to withstand all the spills slip-ups and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life ashley high performance sofas and recliners are soft on trend and easy to clean Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.